Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scriptural lesson is taken from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. May God add a blessing to the hearing and the reading of these sacred words. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put on our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who was a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory." This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, as we gather to worship and praise you, As we hear your word read and proclaimed, as we lift our petitions to you this day, speak to our hearts. Speak deeply to them in ways that move us, that move us so that as we leave here, that we would not be just merely hearers of those words, but transformed into doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. So it's 2020, it's the fifth day of the year already, and there's already much that has happened, but yet when we think about what's going to happen this year, there's some big life events that are going to take place. I mean, we will have a national election. We will have the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. I will celebrate being ordained and in active ministry for 25 years. Along the way, we will have a general conference in the United Methodist Church. And at that moment in time in the conference, as some of you read and heard a little bit about what showed up on the news wires this week, we will see that we have this opportunity to move past an impasse, to move beyond it so that we can be authentic and missional and transformational and be really focused on the type of church that God calls us to be in the world around us. 
But I'll talk more about that this week in a letter. But still, that's coming up in this year. But along the way, besides those big events that affect large swaths of the population, there are red letter birthdays, weddings, graduations, retirements, last first days of school forever. And so as we begin to think about what will happen in our lives this year, both at a very granular and a personal level, but more on a global scale, we begin to think about all of the possibilities. So as we stand here on the first Sunday of the new year, we stand here on a day of hope and promise. A day where we sort of look at the sanctuary and we see how all the Advent decorations have given way back to a simplistic clear canvas, if you will. Or you can think about this in terms of your personal pa- your planner. If you're a paper planner person, maybe you've taken a new planner for 2020 and you have written in the important events, birth dates, weddings, anniversaries. But other than that, it's still blank, isn't it? The pages are crisp and brilliant white, full of hope and promise. Well, as we gather here in the sanctuary, we begin to think about this idea of hope and promise. We realize that this is a day where we chart our own commitment, our own course of faith for the year ahead, how we will engage our relationship with God. We sit and we think about New Year's resolutions, and oftentimes we make them very, you know, about a personal improvement. We'll look at our health or our mental acumen and think about how we're going to read, or maybe we'll think about our attitude where we'll be more positive and less anxious and less negative. But what about renewing our commitment to our faith? That thing that matters most, our faith which will carry us over the highs and the lows of the year to come, no matter what those big events or those personal events may bring us, it is our faith that will guide us. It's especially our faith that will carry us when the challenges come in our days. It is our faith that informs our choices and our actions. See, when Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus, that prologue that Jeremy read sort of reminds us how blessed we have been by God, that God sent Christ to reconcile us, to reconcile the world to God, ransomed by the blood of the Lamb. And he says in there, this is our inheritance. This is God's greatest gift to the world, and it's available to all of us. It's our inheritance. I love that word. But what he also talks about is that the Holy Spirit will be present amongst us and within us so that we would understand how to see, hear, and know what God has provided for us. How we would see, hear, and know what God would have us do, who God would have us be in the world around us, how God would have us act upon the world and within the world. See, our practice of discipleship is the manifestation of our living into and employing this great inheritance in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In just a few minutes, we will all share together in Wesley's covenant service. We'll renew our commitment to God. See, the Wesleys brought this together because they felt like it was important at the start of the year to remind it whose we are and what we are to be about 
to recommit our faith for the days to come. And really when we start to break that service down and the liturgy in it, it comes in three parts. The first part is where we promise and we declare that we're going to yield our lives to God. The second is where we talk about how Christ is our Lord and how we see that as primary. And then third, how we're going to seek Christ's guidance in everything that we do. I mean, it's no secret when we're really honest with ourselves that we like to be in charge. We like to be in charge of things around us, but especially of our own lives. We see this with toddlers. I mean, the first words they learn after mom and dad, the first words they share is what? No. They like to say no a lot because they want to be in charge. Well, you know, we never really lose that, even when we finally convince them that no is not always the answer. Because you fast forward those teenage years and they'll go running down the hall, slamming doors saying, you're not the boss of me. And you know, we think that's true. And maybe there's an element in that, that maybe the parents aren't the boss of kids. But what we're really trying to say is, we think we know what's best for us. But do we? Do we in those moments are saying no or you're not the boss of me? Do we really have the wisdom, the experience? Do we have the 40,000 foot view of life to really understand what we're doing? To really understand the hope and the promise that God has for us? Because part of our covenant of God is yielding that desire to say, you're not the boss of me, to say that I know better. Instead to say to God, you know what's best. You are my God, and so let me yield my God, my life. Let me let go and yield to you, Lord. Let me let you direct my life. Show me the way, how to live, who to be, what to do. So the first part of that covenant is about letting God be in charge and not saying no all the time. When I went through the ordination process, our own Emily Rivers, by the way, is doing that this week. She's finishing her papers and sending them off. And later this month, or I'm sorry, in March, she'll be going for her interviews. But one of the questions that she will be asked is, explain the statement, Jesus Christ is Lord. And then she was supposed to write a whole bunch about it. I think I asked earlier, I asked Jeremy, I said, I think I did about 150 pages worth of ordination questions. And he says, I did 175. So we know he's an overachiever. Kate says she did about five or 10. So we know that she's really efficient with her words. So, you know, we know this, but when we answer that question, Jesus Christ is Lord, what it's really getting to, it's getting the idea that God is first. That's what it means. Jesus Christ is Lord is that God is first and nothing is more important in our lives, not our ego, not our status, not our stuff, that God and God alone is the most important thing to us. It's about living in awe and reverence of God, of what God has given to us, who God has made us to be. It's about seeking God in the world around us and seeing God in each other. It's about realizing that God has dominion over all aspects of our life. 
To say that Jesus Christ is Lord is to realize that we have been given so much, but that we are to let God have dominion over it and that God is first. I mean, think about it with your talents, the blessings and the tasks that God has given you, the uniqueness that God has made with you. What if we said, God, show me how to use these to change the world? So we begin to think about that, not so much how we can use this to aggrandize ourselves, but how we use these talents to change the world around us. We're putting God first. Or maybe if we took our calendars from last year, I looked at all over 2019, and if we had done our calendars in five or ten minute increments, how much time did we really spend with God? How much time did we really spend nurturing that relationship where God was first in prayer, in scripture reading? in listening, in worship, in faith formation. So when we get to look at that, is God really first or is there that imbalance? And so this covenant is about us changing the score where God takes a higher priority in our lives. Maybe even with our resources, if we took the other book in our life out, maybe our checkbook, and we started to look at that and see where we spread our resources out, do we really say that God and God's kingdom is most important? even with our finances. I asked this the other day, uh, the finance committee, I said, you know, how much money do, do folks give? What's sort of the breakdown of things? And so I said, like, how many people give, say, between 50 and $500 a year of the church? And they said 122, and I just sort of stopped. Now, though, maybe some of those, that's all they can give, but really, is that us saying that God is first with all the blessings that we've been given? Especially when we are trying to do so much to change the world around us. Isn't God calling us to do more? So part of this covenant is about renewing our faith to make Christ Lord of our lives first and foremost with all aspects of who we are. Holistically, Christ becomes Lord over us. The final part of that commitment is to seek God's guidance in life. To seek God's guidance in everything that we do. So when we have tough decisions to make, whether they're in business or at home, whether they're in church meetings or in the community, we have tough decisions. Ask ourselves, what would Jesus want us to do? When I think about that old wristband thing that was back at Popular back in the late 90s, WWJD. I mean, what if we lived with that when we took tests in school or when we were coding together business deals to find the best deal the deal, not so much that made it the best for us, but the best for the world around us. Or when we encountered gossip out in the community, or there was negativity that was being mentioned about our church or about each other. What if we took that and we spoke up for the positives of the church and we shut down the gossip because that's what Jesus wants us to do. Or when the bullying begins to exist in our neighborhood, or our world, and we just said enough. Because that's allowing God to guide our lives for what's important. Part of that allowing God to be our guide is thinking about where we find a, a faithful way to follow God's call upon our hearts. Through reading scripture, through prayer, through worship, through serving the community in the world, to seek sources of guidance from all those opportunities. So here it is, what God is really calling us to do and how God is really calling us to act, to seek that out, 
to turn to those that we know that are on the faith journey with us and say, I feel like God is calling me to do something, or how would God act in this scenario if we turn to each other for that advice? See, what this covenant that we come together in just a few minutes to make does is it reminds us that we are to do just all of these things, to yield our lives to God, to make Christ first and foremost, and to seek his guidance each and every day. And so what I think of as I sit here on the first Sunday of January in worship with you is I think if we would do those things, if we make this covenant, ask God to ratify it in heaven, that we will yield our lives, that Christ will be first and foremost, and that we will seek his guidance. I think about what wonderful places we will go, where this church will end up, the ministries that we will do, and the ways that we will live deeper into our discipleship and our relationship with God. And so as we gather together, as we share that covenant, as we come to the table and receive the meal of the kingdom, what I hope is in our prayers and our hearts already are ways that we can live deeper into our faith. Because this is gonna be a great year. Because we're gonna grow together as we share God's love with the world. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.